Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. On this morning's show, now that our kids are all back to school and all the fall school sports programs are in practice and in games, I want to spend some time talking about coaches. And specifically, I want to talk about just how complicated coaching kids in school has become in recent years. That is, I want to remind parents that being a coach these days is a lot different from when we were growing up, and that once I review some of the responsibilities, pressures that coaches today have to confront, I'm hoping that moms and dads might have a moment to reflect on just how tough being a coach is these days. But in thinking about the relationship between coaches and our kids, I think the overriding question is this, and it's a question, quite frankly, I wanted to ask you for a long, long time. As sports parents, why don't we trust our our kids' coaches? Now, I recognize that's a very bold and accusatory question, but the truth is, for too many sports parents, there is a general uneasiness that our kids' coaches are somehow not doing a good enough job, or that, that they're not sharing our own viewpoint about just how talented our kids are. And I want to get your thoughts about this this morning. And of course, our number here is 1-877-337-6666. That is brought to you by Mohegan Sun, Connecticut, one world-class destination, unlimited possibilities. But again, I, I, I think this actually goes to the heart of the friction these days that exists between sports parents and, and high school coaches in particular. Now, for starters, let's just do a quick rundown of of a job description for a typical high school coach. I think this is important to keep this in perspective. Number one, coaches have to organize every practice session. They have to spend time preparing game plans for the upcoming opponents. Uh, They have to, in many cases, read scattering reports of the opposing teams. Uh, They spend copious amounts of time watching videotape, not only of uh, their, their own players, but also, of course, of opponents. They have, of course, to, to be with the athletes at, at all the practice sessions and the games and events, which usually, of course, all take place after school hours or on weekends. They, of course, have to know the rules of their sport intimately. They have to know the various game strategies. They have to know the basics of first aid, such as CPR, concussion protocol, and so on. They have to not only get to know each other athletes well, but they also have to literally teach or coach, naturally, each kid on the finer points of their game. And along those lines, the coaches need to develop a kind of, a, a kind of rapport 
with each youngster, as in, you know, some kids need to be given total positive feedback all the time. Other kids respond better to sharp criticism and so on. It's up to the coach to figure out and to learn how to handle each youngster's psyche. And, of course, coaches have to remind their players about good sportsmanship and then enforce it, remind the players about adhering to the school's code of conduct, remind them constantly about the dangers of social media, remind them about discipline, remind them to keep their studies in, in school in order. And, again, this is just part of the job description. Uh, the coach is constantly, naturally evaluating the kids' talents on a daily basis, as in, do I have the best kids as starters? Are they playing the right positions? Or are there other uh, uh, kids on the team that I've overlooked? Do some of those youngsters perform better in game situations than they, they seem to in practice? Again, these are the kind of things I'm, uh, the, the coaches deal with on an everyday basis. And I, I'm just wondering if parents out there, it, it, they have this general malaise about coaches today. Are they aware of how demanding this job is? Oh, yeah. And there's one more one more thing on the coach's docket. His or her team is supposed to win. Well, maybe not necessarily a league championship every season, but certainly the team should be over 500. Most parents expect that. Coaching salaries? Well, for all this hard and endless work, maybe the coach earns a few thousand dollars for the season. Maybe a little more, maybe a little less, but it's not the kind of you know extraordinary salaries that college coaches earn. So what's it, what's involved to be a high school coach these days? And on top of all this, you have to factor in the parents. Again, a generation ago, parents were obviously there, you know, involved in their kids' sports, but they did so at a distance, and they certainly did not intervene or meddle with the coaches. The coaches basically ran the show. Moms and dads were off to the side, and if anything, the parents supported the coaches in much the same way they supported the teachers. One eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Again, the question is today: Why don't we trust our kids' coaches? Or maybe we do trust them. Okay, let's start our conversation this morning. Let's start with uh, with Jack over in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Jack, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, Rick. How are you? Good. How are um, you, Jack? Great topic. Uh, really great topic. I was waiting for this topic to come up. I call in often. I listen to your show every Sunday morning. Mm-hmm, thank you. Um, I've coached high school sports and college sports for 42 years. I started coaching in 1975, and I'm still coaching. Good. Um, That's great. Getting ready, to, getting ready to retire from teaching. One of the things that we, I didn't hear you say, maybe I was in the, in the midst of calling you at the time, but one of the things we also have to know as coaches are the kids. We have to know their personalities. Yes. We have, yeah. to, we have to understand that every kid is different. Mm-hmm. But getting back to the parent part, um, I've been removed from two coaching jobs in my career, and both were because of parents. And one of the things that I, you know, I'm, I have a son who played professional baseball for eight years. Both sons played high school sports. Um, the younger one actually started, both graduated from Penn State. And um, one of the things that happens with parents is that, and this is in my opinion, is that they think their kids are better than they really are. Mm-hmm. And when a coach goes out, at the beginning of the season, one of the things that I established probably halfway through my coaching career was that I had contracts, and I had contracts that went out to the parents and the kids, and both had to sign it. And one of the, the two topics that I thought were most important is that if you're ever going to come in to talk to a coach, don't ever talk about playing time, because that's a coach's decision. 
and don't ever mention another child's name. Right, okay? right, right, right. And one of the things that I've gotten in all the years that I've been coaching is that parents have a tendency to think that their children are scholarship players, that by me sitting them on the bench or not starting them in a game, it's costing them money, and that's not the case. One of the things you talked about is the money that the coaches make, and that was, that's a great topic also because if coaches are in it for the money, get out of it because it's not a money, it's not a money job. One of the things I started doing about 12 years ago is I started reading and, and studying actually coaching from the heart, coaching up. I just finished a book called Coaching Up. Mm-hmm. It's about praising. And, you know, there, I, I have a, I have a thing in my head that I call the football mentality, and I'm not putting down football coaches because out of all the coaching jobs there are, that's the toughest job to do. Because like you said about films, these guys finish a game on a Saturday, and Saturday night they're watching films for the next week. Correct. So that's a tough, tough job. But one of the things that coaches also have to understand is that every single kid and every single parent are different. And when you start treating them the same, all the time, and you have to have your golden rules. But when you have to, when you start treating them the same, that's when you have problems. But well, my two jobs that I lost in my forty-two years were because of parents. Well, Jack, uh, let me let me let me stop you there, and, and I, I am so glad you called in this morning because you're touching on a lot of these topics. Yes, I did mention one of the items that is as a coach, it's uh, it's it's uh, you're obliged to get to know each kid. On an individual basis, and and you, you say some kids respond only to praise, some only respond to uh, you know kicking the butt. But that's right. for the coach to figure out. Underwhile, meanwhile, you got to run the team rules uh, so that everybody's under the same umbrella. But uh, yep. coaches know which kids respond, which kids don't respond, and, and that's just the art and science of, of, of coaching. Uh, right. And and you know, I, I tell you, Jack, you, you mentioned also about um, you know the the the, the parents. Uh, yeah, that that's what happens these days. As you said, you lost not one but two positions over the years because the parents intervene and 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 meddle and they cause issues, which is again the essence of what I'm asking today. And Jack, let me let me move on. But thank you for the for the call this morning. Yep. More than welcome, Rick. Thanks, Jack. You know the fact is, why why is it that parents today aren't aren't more trusting of other kids' coaches? Is it because you're afraid that the coach isn't going to recognize that your kid's a, a good athlete, or you're afraid that the, the coach isn't going to start them? Are you afraid that other parents are, are buttering up uh, or uh, kissing the butt of the coach to get their kids an advantage? What, what is going on here in this general paranoia? I guess that's a term I want to use with, with sports parents when it comes to, to the coaches. All right, let me, let me take a ta- time out. When I return, I go right back to your calls on this very, very important topic this morning. Uh, we'll take a few commercial breaks. Crystal Presti has your update. But when we come back, I'll go right to the calls. Give me a shout. And welcome back to the Sports Edge. I'm Rick Wolf. I'm talking right now about how difficult the, uh, the job of being a high school coach is. And remember that uh, being a high school coach is, well, it's just a part-time job. But, of course, all the coaches will laugh at the idea of, big, of it being a part-time uh, job. And the question I'm asking this morning is, why don't we trust our kids' coaches more? one 337 6666 Let's get to our callers, as promised. Uh, let's go to, uh, to Rich up in Connecticut. Rich, good morning. You're on the good morning, Rick. Great topic. Very, very entertaining. Listen, I just want to give you a, a different point of view. Yeah. That for starts, my son was in high school football 
and in a very successful program. And I got to tell you something. I was just like my kids' advocates. My, I had a daughter that played volleyball, and these coaches are awesome. Absolutely everything you're talking about, but they were motivated by winning, not by money. And one time, holy cow, did my, my uh, son's coach, football coach, get in the dither when I didn't want him to play. I told him he's not going to play in the game because he had a, a, a neck stinger. Yeah. So I'm just saying that that my son, that coach would have put my son in there, and my son ended up in the he ended up going through Stony Brook with with a full scholarship, and in, he made a couple of teams practice squads, including the Giants. And you know when a kid graduates college and on a practice squad, his squad is making fifty seven hundred dollars a week. It makes them feel really really good about themselves. But even that. They were. It's a sports is pride and success and accomplishments, and that's really what the thrill is for these people. And the parents, you know what? They got to be their kids' advocate in this world. And it was similar to doctors. You know, doctors all the great, you know, efforts that they put in to get their degrees, but they're counselors. So the parents have to make the decision what's the best interest of their kids in the future of their so, kids. So, Rich, well, I'm sure I understand what you're saying here. Because you're saying that obviously the parents have to be the advocate for uh, their, their son or daughter when it comes to uh, sports and school because you, said you, you, you felt your son had a serious uh, uh, stinger, a neck stinger, and yet the coach figured, no, I'm, I'm going to play this kid because he's a Absolutely. stud. Absolutely. Okay, I mean that's that's a different kind of perspective, and I, I as I said, I I'm, that's the kind of in the feedback I'm looking for. So, Rich, thank you for, for the Rick, call. Rich, can I tell you one other thing? Is yeah. that I used to tell my kids that there's not going to be a single trophy that's going to help them make a mortgage payment in their lives. <laughs> they were learning life skills, and we have to be parent advocates for what the bigger goal is here. Yeah, but I would like to think, and I'm sure you feel the same way, that we'd want the parents. You know, in terms of and the coaches to be totally aligned and parallel about making that message come through loud and clear to the kids that you're supposed to learn about life skills here. Absolutely, life yeah. skills is the word. Way okay. to go, Rick. Thanks, Perfect. Rich. Bullseye. Appreciate it. Take care. And that, you know, that's that's yes, absolutely. Now, you know, Rich's perspective is that my kid was hurt, and there was a question, obviously, about whether or not he was going to play. And the coach wants the kid to play because he must have been a terrific football player in high school. But here's the case where there's a medical issue as well. Let's, let's move on. Let's go to uh, let's go to New Jersey, and Scott is standing by. Hi, Scott. You're on the fan. Hi, Rick. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, um, I'm a high school uh, varsity coach. I actually I actually coach two sports. And uh, one of the things I wanted to mention was that uh, the amount of time that is spent sending emails, filling out game schedules, uh, organizing summer and fall leagues, lifting schedules, um, all of the things that are done outside of what is the contracted time is, is, doesn't even you know, compare in some ways to the, to the amount of time that you spend during the season. That's one thing. But to go back to what your question was about why parents don't trust coaches, I think one of the things that um, has really changed in the time that I've coached is the amount of um, like club and youth type programs that are out there. So mm -hmm. you've got parents that are paying hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars a year for their children to play on these, these special teams and they're getting mixed messages. They're getting, you know, they're getting messages from people that, you know, legitimately they're paying to be told your kid is so great. Your kid is so wonderful. And then they don't understand that it's a different mix of kids and it's a completely different perspective when, um, 
they come to us in the high school and now they have to either share time or they're being asked to fulfill a different role. And it takes a lot of communication to get parents to understand that and to well, accept Scott, that in a lot of cases. I'm glad you, you, I'm glad you brought this up. And obviously you come at it from the perspective, as you say, as a varsity coach yourself. And, and I think this is a major part of this with the travel team impact. As you said, uh, the parents who are, you know, feeling good about uh, getting their kids on a travel program where they're paying the, the, the program and the coaches, and the coaches are working with the youngsters, and I'm sure the coaches feel quite sincerely that, that the kid is making great progress and, you know, you're going to go back to your high school team and you're going to be the star of your high school team, you're going to be a stud, you're going to be a, a leader, uh, and all this other stuff makes the kid feel good, and more importantly, it makes the parent feel good. Sure. And then when the, the, the kid comes back to the high school team, and as you said, well, you know, we got a lot of good kids here, and a lot of kids are playing travel, and, you know, you may not, you know, may not be a starter. You may have to, you know, fight for your spot, and that sends the message to the parent that, whoa, 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 it, what's wrong with the high school coach? I mean, my kid plays on a travel team, and the travel well, team coach tells me that my kid's terrific. And that goes on a lot because a lot of the conversations that you'll have um, are, well, my son plays on this team and he's gotten this award and he plays on yes, this team. Yes. And the problem is that, as you said, most of them are doing that. And the, pro- and the other issue is that most of them are not doing it on the same team. The best situation is if you can get a bunch of kids who oh. are playing on the same travel team together, at least then there's some continuity and camaraderie that's built in there. Um, as well, and and I have a ten year old son, and I and I kind of get it from both angles. I'm actually arriving at a soccer game today. He's playing in the soccer tournament, and then I have to actually leave early from his second game to go attend my uh, my team's fall basketball game. So, um, you know, well, that's the other thing is the time away from the family that um, that I'm I'm losing because I have. 15 other, you know, in this case, uh, 15 other boys who are expecting me to be there. Now, I can't coach because of, uh, you know, the state rules, but sure. I have other coaches, but I still have to be there, and the, and the parents expect me to be there. But, Scott, here, and uh, yes, you're absolutely uh, in, in the eye of the storm as a coach and as a father, but I'm sure over the years, and maybe you, ha- I just, I'm curious, have you had parents come to you in preseason? And said, "You look, look at my kid did. Look at the awards they won. Look at the, the, the headlines that you know made this tournament team. Have you had those kind of uh, conversations? Not, not typically in preseason. The, big, the biggest conversation you'll ever have, um, or that I have ever had, uh-huh. is about is about playing time, and because that's the biggest thing that parents care about yep. is why is my son or daughter not playing? Um, and." And as the previous one of the previous callers had mentioned, the fact that you know it it, it always has to be about their ch- about their child. And when you start getting into it's just such a dangerous oh, trap to get into you can't, talking you about. You can't do that. You can't um, say other children and things like that. And yeah. um, never during preseason have I had those conversations. But during the season, um, you know, as a high school teacher, I can tell you, I have far, far, far more conversations with parents of athletes than I ever do about parents, uh, you know, children in the classroom. Well, and, and Scott, and I'll let you go in a second because I know you got a full full day ahead of you, but the point is that it is absolutely taboo. If a parent wants to come to you during the course of a season and wants to talk about the kid's playing time, the parent is going to inver- invariably want to talk about another kid in the team who's getting more playing time than your kid. And if you just say, look, I can't discuss other kids in the team, that makes the conversation rather short. And quite frankly, parents 
parents need to know you they can't cross that line. That's just not fair to the coach, and it's not fair to the other kid as well. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, and it's and it's hard, you know, and it's and it's gotten progressively harder you know, over the course of the years that I have coached. But uh, I continue to do it because um, you know the previous caller was talking about. Uh, values and culture and things like that, and to right. me, that's you know, that 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 uh, transcends uh, any kind of focus on wins and losses. Well, and, you know, there's no question. And, and there's no question. Hey, Scott, th- thank you for chiming in this morning. Appreciate the call. Yep, thank you so much. Take care. You know, and uh, of course, I mean, what gets unfortunately lost sometimes in in, in the in the fervor here is that yes, I think uh, as Jack had pointed out when he called in, it's all about trying to get these kids understand life lessons and the sacrifice and discipline that goes into being on a team and, and, and trying to master skills and, and to really work through issues. That's what sports at the scholastic level is all about. And sometimes I think that, that those, those life lessons, the value are, are sort of pushed off to the side because everybody wants to get more playing time or be an all, all-star or get a scholarship, and that's not what it's all about. Uh, let's move on. Let's go to... Um, Let's go to Joe up in Connecticut. Hi, Joe. You're on the fan. Hey, how you doing? Great show this morning. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, I just uh, before I get to my situation, I just wanted to make a couple quick comments on the last caller. Yeah. Um, really fast. I mean, I have four kids. Uh, I, they all play sports. I played college baseball. We we don't coach. I do not coach my own kids. I coach them at home. Uh, teach them off to the side. I think it's important kids get direction from other people besides mm-hmm. their parents, and coaches are great for that. Right. Sports are great for that. But a lot of people, I'm 37. I have a 17-year-old daughter who plays high school sports. Now, the last caller was talking about the trust with the coaches. I played high school football, and I was forced to play quarterback with a broken hand for six games. You know, um we never had concussion protocol back then. You know, a lot of the, the things that went on back then are different now, but people my age don't see it that way. They just tend to go back to, well, when I played. You understand what I'm saying? So it's hard for these people my age to trust the coach that you played yourself, put you in positions that were better for the team instead of better for your own health. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're talking about the fact that the, the team comes first, even if it means right. jeopardizing your, your, your well, twenty, your you know, twenty years ago, yeah, and maybe not so much today. Well, but the problem is that there, there's that thought with the parents because these are the parents that were playing twenty years ago. I, Joe, I hear what you're saying because I'm, I'm, you know, had the same kind of experiences where, yeah, I mean, uh, the team comes first. Nowadays, of course, there are such more uh, uh, open concerns about, uh, as you said, concussions. Uh, right. you know, knee injuries, uh, long-term effects, even though the medical uh, you know, uh, help these days is vastly superior than it was 20, 30 years ago. 30 years ago, if you, if you suffered an ACL, well, your, your sports career was pretty much done. Nowadays, right. you know, they can obviously surgically repair an ACL, and you're, you're, it takes obviously uh, several months, but you're, you can be as good as we were before. So right. there is that concern. And, yeah, I can see how you know, parents can get nervous about the fact that, well, why is a coach putting you back in the game if you're seriously injured? Uh, well, the team comes first. Yeah, but I think we all agree that that's only to a certain extent. At some point, right. you have to speak up and say, you know, I, I'm not sure that's the way it's going to go because my kid has got a concussion or has a history of concussions. Or, you know, we don't want to jeopardize the knee because, 
uh, although he loves playing football, is also a terrific baseball player, and we don't want to jeopardize his speed in baseball. I mean, I, exactly. I, I get that. All right, Joe, let me— All right, now well, I need your help. Now <laughs> I need your help. And make this it quickly, because i, I got to take a break. advice on this. Okay. Really, really quick. Um, my daughter plays high school sports here in the town I grew up in. I played college baseball. I played high school football in the town. I played baseball in the town. It's a very small town here in Connecticut. Okay. Now, my daughter starts as a freshman at the varsity level softball from day one. She was instrumental on the team making the state playoffs for the first time in many years. She batted fourth as a freshman, had the second highest average, led the team in walks, led the team in RBIs, okay. was second in she, runs. She's good. Okay. Now, here, here, she's a biracial kid. Yeah. All right. I, I'm white. My wife is uh, Peruvian. Okay. And, um, you know, sophomore year, she comes back and she doesn't play. Because? Doesn't play one lick. Junior year comes back, doesn't play. Now, I got... I got parents come up to me asking me, Whoa. what's going on with your daughter? Was there, a, was, there a, was there nope. a coaching change? Nope. Same coach. Now, freshman year, the coach after every game was calling me on my cell phone. Oh, your daughter's amazing. I could put her anywhere well, in the Joe, field. She plays is, multiple positions. There's got to be there's gotta anywhere be, in the lineup. Let me, let me, so now, yeah. now I, she works with the high school coach, baseball coach, for hitting my daughter because, you know, we're close. He was my coach. He helped me get to college. And, uh, he comes up to me one day and he says, "I got to be honest with you. She's being discriminated against. There's only one way around it. Well, now Joe, she whoa, plays whoa, whoa. travel ball like the last caller called. And Joe, I got to there stop you there. Hey, travel programs. Joe, I got to stop you there because I got to take a break. But let me just say this: I don't know what's going on here, but if it were my daughter, I'd certainly want my daughter uh, to go to the coach and say, uh, "Coach, I'm a little confused here by the message." That's being sent because honestly, you know, I started as a freshman, uh, and and this is another an infusion of greater talent. And I, Joe said that he lives in a small town. Something's going on here. Can you explain to me or, or, or tell me what I need to do to regain my my uh, starting status uh, and start from there? And if it doesn't progress with some real substantive answers, then you have to go and maybe have a, a meeting. Uh, uh, this is a case where I do think the parents can meet with the coach uh, to discuss, you know, w- what the concern may be. But that sounds, um, you know, as I said, something that is some, there's some lack of communication between the kid and the coach, and that needs to be addressed. Uh, all right, let me, let me take a time out. Uh, we're talking about why don't parents trust coaches more today, and we're taking your calls at one 337 6666 When I come back, I'll go right back to the phones. Callers have mentioned the fact that sometimes these days – the coaches in high school are so, uh, you know, so strident about winning at all costs that it sometimes is up to the parent to say to the coach, you know, my kid, you know, we don't want to jeopardize a problem that, that uh, he's had with a neck injury or with a potential knee injury. You know, let's, I think it's smart to have him or her sit out for a few games. And that has some merit to it as well uh, because we all work from the process that the team comes first, but at what at what point do we say, my kid's hurt? Uh, anyway, we're talking about this today at one 337 6666 And uh, let's, go to, uh, let's go to Mark over in Caldwell, New Jersey. Mark, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, Rick, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Um, let me just say, I've been a college coach uh, for 20 years, um, women's basketball at all levels, uh-huh. um, national evaluator, and a high school coach. And uh, one, high school coaching is a lot harder than college because um, <laughs> the, the, what you have to deal with um, in terms of parents and stuff like that is just, uh, you know, it's, it's overwhelming sometimes as a, as a coach. Yes. Um, 
the and I've also been a, a national evaluator and I can the AAU the travel teams um, parents spending anywhere from five to ten thousand dollars in a summer um, for their kids to be you know at, at national camps stuff like that um, it's uh, it's um, it takes its toll on parents and I think they turn around um, and put their pressure on the coaches that like uh, some of the previous callers said. You know, they expect their, their sons or daughters to be, you know, starters, getting all the minutes, um, you know, and, and it, it, it does put a lot of pressure on a high school coach. Um, two things that I've, I've run into is, one, going from college coaching, I, I left college coaching, and I have some, some uh, teenage high schoolers myself and wanted to coach high school. And to become a high school coach, um, it's the things you have to go through in terms of the certification now in most states and stuff is very demanding. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then I, I took a year off and coached my daughter for a seventh grade basketball travel team. And I talked to my parents. I, I, I go through the uh, positive coaching Alliance, mm -hmm. um, and use a lot of their information, a lot of their, um, parent, um, pamphlets and, and, uh, contracts. And I did this with, the parents before and i said this is seventh grade we are not here to win my job is to get them better skill wise mm -hmm. to understand the game and and better skills and um about five or six games in we had only won one game and we we're playing and some parents i guess were grumbling and you know about not winning and daughters not playing and stuff like that and my daughter literally walked next to me and said do they know who you are like what you've coached. And I'm like, it doesn't, I'm like, I guess it really doesn't matter because they're only focused on that. Their daughter is at, or their child is at this level and they, they're only seeing that. And they don't see that whole big picture of, you know, what it takes to train a young, uh, a young athlete well, Mark, in terms I, of. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting perspective on this, as you said, because yeah, I mean, the parents, get so focused and get so yeah. caught up in the here and now, they sometimes either, first of all, they don't care what your background is or what experience right. you may have. They just said, they're focused on, well, we're here. We expect not only our kids to excel, we expect the team to win. And that's not, that, that, that right away, those kind of concerns, you know, show how the priorities are out of, out of sync. And, and that's exactly you know, what we're talking about today, the parents somehow right. get so caught up in this. Uh, but, Mark, I, I, let me let me move on to the calls. My time is limited. But I, I hear what you're saying, and I also agree with you that, yes, in this day and age, coaching high school sports is a lot more difficult than coaching college for a lot of the reasons you just mentioned. For one thing, as a college coach, tell the parents, I don't need to have you call me or intervene with me because I am a college coach, and I don't. Uh, my priorities are different from the high school level. You know, Mark, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, let's go out to uh, Rob in Seaford Heights. Uh, Rob, you're on the fan. Hi, Rick. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, well, this is, a, this is a great topic, and I couldn't agree more with almost every answer that's being said. Mm -hmm. But I still think, you know, uh, I remember uh, uh, sign I saw at a D1 coach's office one time. If I tell you the truth, can we still be friends? You know, and uh, <laughs> whoa, whoa, say, say, whoa, say it again. Whoa. Say it if again. If I tell you the truth, can we still be friends? Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, when these parents come in, the reason I think that they have so much to say is because there are so many people that are listening to them before they even come in and talk to the coach. Mm -hmm. 
And I think it has to do with economics. You're right. Coaching in high school, you know, we're the general practitioners in college. I coach college, so I've been coaching since 1969. Mm -hmm. I'm on my way to the films right now. Uh, but economics is, a, is an important facet because while high school coaches don't make a lot of money, the administrators, they do, they do make nice salaries. And they want to keep the parents happy and keep the parents voting for the budget. And the school board wants to keep everybody happy. Mm -hmm. So therefore, the parents have realized, hey, guess what? We can bypass the coach. We're really running the show here. And it's amazing. And this, if you don't have a strong athletic director, and if you don't have a strong principal, I'm not saying one who cattails to the coaches. I'm talking about one who's strong with everyone. You, we're going to have, we have major problems. And I think that is one of the major situations that exists today. Because overwhelmingly, any coach that I come in contact with who gives it up and thinks about giving it up, it's, oh, it's the number one reason is parents. Yes. There's no question about that, Robin. And, um, I do agree with you, and, and no question that that uh, for a coach to survive and thrive these days, it's essential that the athletic director has to be uh, strong and supportive and uh, can nip these kind of issues with parents uh, in the bud. I, you know, it, it, it's um, again this this kind of uh, landscape didn't exist a generation ago, but it certainly exists today. Sure it does. And, and uh, all these guys are afraid of losing their jobs, so they 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 want to well. You know, coaches, as you well know, and you've been coaching. I'm not talking about the coaches. I'm talking about the administrators. Well, yeah, but if, I, I hear you. But even the coaches, as you well know, you've been coaching a long time. Yeah. You know, coaches' uh, contracts are year to year. So I yeah, mean, exactly. Uh, exactly. Every day, every you know, I, when I scan the uh, the uh, the online uh, developments in sports and high school sports uh, every week, you keep reading about how so many wonderfully talented high school coaches. Uh, seemingly just walk away because exactly. they just can't deal with the parents anymore, even though... Well, it's, it's the, the disease of me, you know? It's well, upon us. Uh, it, it's, um, <laughs> it, it is a real concern, and I think, as I said, economics is a major part of it, as we said. We're, we're, uh, and, and, Rob, thank you for the call this morning. And I'd like to thank you for, for your father because he's always, he was always great with uh, myself and the kids from Seaford. He really... Well, Rob, you're, you're, you're very, very kind. Uh, thank, thank you so much for okay. the nice words. Thank you, Rob. You okay. know, and, right and, 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 you know, the, the Rob's point, uh, and this is something that I discussed with my dad for a long time as well. The economics have, have changed so dramatically. If, if parents are, you know, spending a lot of time, a lot of money, whether it's AAU or other travel programs, they really want to see... And they expect that when their kid comes back to the high school team that they really are going to, you know, be uh, uh, elevated to a very high position. And the coach doesn't see it that way, or the coach has got other kids who played AAU ball. Uh, you know, it, it gets very, very complicated. And uh, right away, the, the parents start thinking, ah, I'm not sure this is the right coach for the team. Maybe I should talk to the athletic director. Uh, maybe they don't know how good my kid really is because uh, he or she really, uh, you know, blossomed uh, over the summer. Um and that's where these issues begin to creep up, and they cause real, real problems. All right, let me, let me uh, I got to take a time out. Stay with me. Joe Beningo here for Smith Down Nissan. The deal with it is staying on top by keeping their prices at the bottom. They got great news. The man, the myth, the legend, Greg Fina, wants to blow it out this month. So head over to Smith Down Nissan right now, and you can be a big winner. Fina and his team will make every deal that they can right now. Through the end of this month. So go see FINA first at Smithtown Nissan. And if a new car is not what you're looking for, 
Smithtown Nissan has a gigantic selection of pre-owned vehicles, the absolute best prices, and of course, the legendary Smithtown Nissan Concierge Service. It includes valet parking, free snacks, cold drinks, express oil changes. Listen to me, see Fina first. Don't buy anywhere else but Smithtown Nissan. It's surely worth the ride from anywhere. And if you don't want to take my word for it, visit DealerRater to see the thousands of reviews from happy customers. Listen to me, see Fina first. Don't buy anywhere else but Smithtown Nissan, Middle Country Road, St. James. SmithtownNissan.com. The reviews are piling up. Word is spreading. The entire country is celebrating a new way to car shop without all the hassle, haggle, and games. Get a CarPro buying experience at George Wall Ford Lincoln. CarProUSA.com Have you lost or are you losing your teeth? You may be a candidate for dental implants. The Popper Dental Team of Midtown Manhattan and Melville, Long Island offers affordable solutions and complimentary consultation. Visit IncredibleImplants.com. That's IncredibleImplants.com. Hi, football fans. I'm Mike Vittorio, President and CEO of the First National Bank of Long Island. And I'm Harry Carson, New York Giants middle linebacker and Hall of Famer. I was introduced to the First National Bank of Long Island, and I'm so glad I was. They are a financially strong regional bank who takes the time to know and service their customers. I like a dependable bank who will personalize their business approach. You can count on them every critical play. Thanks, Harry. You're welcome, Mike. The First National National Bank Bank of Long Long Island. Island. The The bank bank where everyone everyone knows your name. Member FDIC. Every morning is different for everybody. Nate gets up for the early shift, while Brad is just getting home from the night shift. Pam runs a PR and a 5K, while Drew runs late to work. Beth proposes a road trip to her boyfriend, while Mark proposes proposes to his girlfriend. Luckily, there's a McDonald's for every morning. And there's a delicious breakfast for every morning. Enjoy a sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddle sandwich with the sweet taste of maple baked right in for just $3. Limited time at participating restaurants cannot be combined with combo meal. This is the sound of a large Coke at McDonald's. And that is the sound of our straw going into the Coke. And now that any size Coke is only a dollar all summer long, this is the sound of someone taking a long sip. And if you think that sounds good, how about any small McDonald's smoothie, frappe, or shake for $2? Now top that. Ooh, whipped topping. Only at McDonald's. A la carte only. Limited time offer at participating McDonald's. Cannot be combined with any other offer or any combo meal. Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh... Well, uh... Honey? Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um... Well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. And see, when they call Geico, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, sunshine. (laughs) Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Sports Radio Promise. Let's get right back to uh, the callers. Let's go to Harry in Mount Vernon. Hi, Harry. You're on the fan. How you doing, Rick? Good. How are you, Harry? I'm good. I was a former high school coach, and now I'm an AU coach. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing that I think, and I, I think a lot of the guys are missing the point here, what you're talking about, is when you're a parent, you want to see the best for your kids. Of course. And you got to put your money where your mouth is. If you're going to criticize a coach then see what it takes to be a coach. And that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. I actually was a bus operator for 30 years. Uh-huh. And at the same time, I was a high school coach. So I was going to work at 2 in the morning, 
getting off at one in the afternoon, going to my school at New Rochelle, and then coaching my I, kids. Harry, I'm laughing because 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 parents, sports parents today have no comprehension of how difficult. That's why I said earlier in the, in the hour, it is so complicated. It is so time consuming. It is so difficult. And it's a part-time job. Uh, and, and as we all know, and Harry, you know this, you know, the coaches to a large extent are, are the people who have the greatest impact on our kids as the kids go through school and, and mature. That I'm glad you said that because that is the most important thing. Yeah. And I'm going to, I know you got to get to the next, next caller, but let me say this. Ray Rice was one of my students. He was a ninth grader. Mm -hmm. And we all know what happened to Ray Mm -hmm. in the NFL. He's a great kid. He's a great individual. I would let my daughter go out with him anytime. They went to school together. Mm -hmm. And for for coaches, their job is to give kids an opportunity to be successful. That's what a coach's job is, especially on the high school level. I, I, Harry, I hear you loud and clear, and, and uh, unfortunately, I am against the clock here, but thank you for, for calling in this morning. And you're right. I mean, that's, it's as simple as that. The idea of coaches is to edu- – they're educators, and they're there to make sure or to hope to guide these kids, our sons and daughters, uh, to have successful lives and to learn the sense of discipline and to learn about you know, right from wrong. Uh, and, and that's what coaches do, and that's why so many sports parents today will look back fondly upon their own experiences in high school and say, that coach was a critical person in my life, incredibly important to my development as a, as a human being. Uh, and that's that's what coaching is all about. All right, that's going to do it for me in this edition of uh, the Sports Edge. Now, don't forget, it's the premiere of the Football Sunday show. That's directly ahead after Crystal Pressy's update. Mark Melusis, along with David Deal, bring all what's going on in the world of National Football League. My thanks this morning to Anthony Gallo. I'll see you next week right here on the Sports Edge. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.